Hey y'all, welcome back for another season here on the Gracefully Refined Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Morgan Redfarin. I am so incredibly excited for this season as we are coming up on the one year anniversary of me starting Gracefully Refined. God has done so much incredible work through this podcast and this ministry that I couldn't even begin to imagine. Um, When I started this up a year ago, I really just stepped out in faith and did not know what God had in store for it. And we're continuing to step out in faith because I am not a technical person. You've probably seen and heard the ups and downs of the audio the last several seasons, but I promise you I am continuing to learn and continuing to grow and get better in order to give you guys the best listening experience possible. But just bear in mind and keep in mind that I have been learning along with you guys. So it has been a growing season for me in this as well. But I'm incredibly excited for this season. I have so many incredible guests that are coming on for season three. Season three will be a little bit of a shorter season in retrospect compared to others, but I really just reached out to the ones that God laid on my heart to have share, and I'm really excited to have them on this podcast season for season three. So if you didn't know, this season we're all going to be talking about testimonies and what God has been doing through my life, but also the lives of others. So if you haven't guessed, today's episode, I'm going to be sharing my testimony with you guys. And I cannot wait for you to hear all that God has brought me through, but what he's also currently doing in this season of life that I'm in. So without further ado, grab your Bible and your coffee. Let's get into the word. So my story starts in a little rural town in central Alabama where I grew up for the first 11 years of my life. I grew up very close to my great-grandparents, my grandparents, and all of my aunts and uncles and cousins. I loved how close we were. We all lived within probably about a five to 10 minute drive of each other, if not closer. Um, I actually used to walk up a trail to my great-grandparents' house. Um, We lived so close to them. And so I grew up on a farm and really loved it. in the early parts of my life, I grew up in this little tiny town that was right outside of Birmingham, like 45 minutes from Birmingham. And um, yeah, the most exciting thing we had was a Walmart and a Kato's and a Bath and Body Works. If you wanted to do something exciting like go to Chick-fil-A, you had to drive about an hour to hour and a half into Birmingham to do something fun like that or to go shopping at a mall or things of that nature. There was nothing close like that to us during this time of my life. and. Um, yeah, my memories as a child there were sweet, but anybody who knows my early childhood also knows that I had a little bit of a tumultuous, hard start to life, um, within my family. And those things would go on to affect me the older I got. And those things also caused me to be really, really angry as I got older. So I guess to start at the beginning, I come from a broken family. My parents divorced whenever I was two and a half, almost three, and I can remember the day they divorced. I remember what the weather was like. I remember their faces and how it felt weird, and I didn't really understand what divorce meant, but I knew that things weren't ever going to be the same. And so as life went on past that, um, my both of my parents ended up getting remarried to um, different people, and so I ended up living with my mom and my stepdad and my little sister and um, I had visitation with my dad still at this point in my life and we would see him I think every other weekend and then some holidays Um, that was what the courts had decided would be best for myself and my sister so 
as we fast forward through a little bit of that, um, I desperately wanted my dad to be closer to us. My dad at this point had remarried and moved away um, to another state, and um, it was over 16 hours away from us. And so um, during this time, I would always ask him if he was going to come back or if he'd move that closer to us, and he'd always make these promises saying that he would or he was and that he loved us. And then one day, um, in the span of our my contact with my father, um, one day we just stopped talking. And um, I remember the last conversation I ever had with my father. It was not a pleasant one. And I won't get into the specifics of that conversation, but I was heartbroken and sad. And I remember crying a lot. And that was the last time I ever have heard my father's voice. And so... I also remember that Christmas because he was supposed to come and get us that Christmas and um, we were going to spend time together and he never came. And I remember feeling so rejected and so hurt because I really, really loved my dad, even though um, he was had his own issues and um, had his own things going on in his own life. And... Um, all the things that happened with that relationship really affected me as I started to grow older. I was very insecure, very um, angry all the time, and I felt like I needed to be angry in order for people to, at least in my family who saw me, to really see that I was in pain and that I was struggling and I was hurting, and I didn't understand the emotions I was feeling at the time. I didn't understand why all of this was happening. I didn't understand why my dad it, like had just ditched pretty much and um the last time I saw my dad I was seven almost eight and the last conversation I had with him I was eight so um as time would move on I really took out my anger on my family um a lot of my friends wouldn't see that they would see this overachieving girl in school who did had the best grades who did her best at everything she like I just excelled at everything I was kind of that kid that wanted to be good at everything. Um, in case my dad ever came back, I wanted him to be proud of the daughter that he came back to. Um, I wanted him to see how well I was doing and kind of almost in a selfish way, I wanted him to feel bad about not being in my life. And I also, at the time, gave my um, my stepdad a really hard time. He um, stepped in the gap of being my father and being my dad. And I really gave him a very hard time for many, many, many years because I was so scared of allowing someone I loved so deeply to hurt me again in such a deep way. And so I really had my heart closed off. And after my dad left, I really desired to be loved, desperately wanted to be loved. But I looked for it in all the wrong places as I grew up. And I made poor decisions and I hurt people and um, and maybe not physically hurt people, but emotionally I would hurt people. Um, but you also got to see this other side of me where I was bubbly and you would never know anything was wrong or um, that I was upset. And then you have my family who got to see more of that real side of me. So um, fast forward to I'm 11 and my family, uh, my parents, and my sister and I all move about six and a half hours away from my hometown to a new town where my dad had gotten a job and my stepdad had gotten a job. And 
um, we started living there and started this whole new life. And so it was finally starting to look like, okay, like we can erase some of the sadness that I was feeling and that I was going through. And about, I want to say I was going into seventh grade, so I must have been 12. So whenever I was 12, my one summer day, my mom and my stepdad said it my sister and I down and said that um, he wanted to adopt us and that he'd gotten permission from my biological father to do so. Um, So in other words, my biological father had signed away his rights to us. And it was at that moment I realized he probably was never coming back. And I, at that moment, you would think as a child who was fatherless, who didn't have a father who wanted to be in their life other than one who wasn't like who had just stepped in the gaps and filled in the gaps. Um, you would think that'd be like a really joyous moment. And I was very conflicted. It was like, yes, I wanted to be adopted because I wanted to erase any trace of being connected to my biological dad. But the other part of it was I was so upset with the fact that my dad really had in my mind at the time as a child, he really had abandoned me. And that really gave me a really bad view of God um, in my own head because I would remember I grew up in church. I grew up in church my whole life and I was around church and I even was baptized whenever I was about five or six. But at the time, I really felt like my baptism was not, um, I didn't really feel like that was truly when I accepted the Lord into my heart. All my friends were being baptized. My sister and I were baptized on the same day. And I knew that I knew who Jesus was. I knew that he died for my sins. I had all the head knowledge, right? But none of that to me really applied to my heart. But I knew that if I wanted to go to heaven, I needed to be baptized. So I was baptized with all my friends and with um, my sister at a young age. And it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that I really hadn't accepted Jesus. I just knew all the truths and knew the right things to say. But at the time, I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, But I didn't really understand all of that at that time. So as we're going through this adoption process, I keep hearing these people at church telling us that God's this good father and that God cares for all his children and that he loves us and he created us. And I'm like, well, if he's such a good father, then why is he causing me pain? Why is he causing me to ache and be angry and to hurt and to be um, not be able to be vulnerable and not be able to trust anyone? Why is he doing this to me? I don't believe God's a good father. No, I I don't think he cares about me because if he did, he wouldn't let me hurt this way. And so I was very angry. I ended up being adopted at 13. And again, it was this mixed emotion of excitement that I'm no longer tied to what I was and that this man who was sitting in front of me is now on my birth certificate and has said he loves me and that he is my dad and um, that he will be all the things for me and in my life that my biological dad wasn't. But then there's the other part of it where there's the anger and the resentment towards God. And um, for the next year and a half, I really, really, really struggled and really gave my parents a hard time and really made some very poor decisions, just being completely honest. I even told my parents when I was 13 that I had no interest in being a Christian because 
I hated God. And I know that hate is such a strong word. And now that I look back at it, I really, truly don't think I hated God. I think I was just angry. But I'm just telling you what I told my parents at this point. So I told my parents this, and my parents, in their good conscience, would not allow me to quit going to church. They kept me plugged in and said, you know, um, just, you know, keep trying pretty much. Like, we love you. God loves you. And they really couldn't understand where I was coming from. And so I really kind of just went to church to socialize. I was in the youth group at this point. I had, just being honest, there was a bunch of cute guys in the youth group. So I was going for the guys pretty much and for to hang out with my friends. And so I really, truly didn't feel a huge connection to the Lord at this point. And then one day, it was actually October night, uh, October um, October 31st at night, that's what I'm trying to say, I was 14 and emotionally felt like I had just hit rock bottom. I was so tired of being angry. I was so tired of being let down by all these worldly things that I was trying to um, go after to satisfy this craving in my heart. And the craving in my heart was to be valued, to be loved, to be seen, and to be cared for. And I that I happened to be in a show because I loved acting. I was big into musical theater and really loved acting. And I was participating in the show in the church that we were attending at the time. And it was a walkthrough production. And I just happened to go through some of the other scenes because when you'd practice, you'd only get to see your scene. So there's always a night that they would allow you to go and see the other scenes um, as you walk through. So that way you could um, kind of see what the whole story was and what it looked like. And as I walked through there, I started to understand and feel in my heart that I was sinful, that I was broken, and that I needed to be saved. Because honestly, at that point, I started having some really dark thoughts, really horrible thoughts um, that... A 14-year-old girl shouldn't have, um, that no one should, but it was really hard, and as I got to the end of walking through this production, out of nowhere, I just said the name Jesus, and I asked if he could hear me, and in that next moment, all I heard, it's not an audible voice, so it's hard to explain, but I felt it in my spirit. I heard it in my spirit. Um, but I truly believe I heard the Lord tell me, I love you. And out of nowhere, there was this like overwhelming rush of this presence. And I knew without a doubt that it was the Holy Spirit. And I fell to my knees and I was just so overcome with emotion and I, it was the first time I really realized that the Lord had loved me. And I remember falling to my knees and saying, God, I don't know what I can give you. There's not much left of me, but whatever I have left, I want you to use it. Please use me and please forgive me for all the horrible things I've done. And I gave my life truly to the Lord that night at 14. And I know without a doubt that I gave my life to the Lord at that point. So... Going on, as I am um, navigating this new relationship with the Lord, I knew all the right answers. I knew all the Bible stories. I knew all the right things to say in church. But until I applied it to my heart, none of that mattered. I just knew the answers. And until Jesus radically changed my heart, 
Nothing, like, it didn't matter how many right answers I had. I was still a sinner in need of saving, in need of His grace, in need of His mercy, and I needed to repent. So over the next few years, I really tried to start to undo all the things that were um, hindering me. And one of the things that I started working on was forgiveness and trying to learn to forgive my biological father for the ways I felt that he had failed me. Um, but also I was, it took me a very long time, but really tried to start accepting, um, my adopted dad, who I now call dad and who my children lovingly call Papa, um, and as my father, which took a very long time as well. But as this time goes on, I am now 16 and I have was so blessed to be given an incredible mentor and some incredible friends at a new church that my family started attending. And I also started leading worship. I had taught myself how to play guitar um, about a year and a half prior. And then one day I'd really wanted to be on the praise team, the worship team for our youth group. And at the time they didn't have an opening. Well, one day they, the guitarist, what the acoustic guitarist was supposed to be there and they didn't show up. And I had this guy who is in the band randomly come running up to me saying, you play guitar, right? I'm like, yeah. He said, do you know these songs? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, can you play them? I'm like, sure. And so that's how I started leading worship in our youth group. And our youth group at the time was like maybe 20 people and it grew to being over 200 or 300. And it was such a fruitful time in my life. And I truly am just in awe of that season of my life because I was so on fire for the Lord. I felt his presence. I knew he was there. I had incredible mentors who were leading me and I'm still very close with these mentors, even though they're not physically in my life at the moment. They've gone on to serve the Lord in other places, but I will always be grateful for the impact that they made on my life as a teenager. And one day I was at Lunar Jam Um, with this group and I felt on my spirit again just the Lord speaking and the speaker of Winter Jam I can't remember who it was that year I feel like it might have been Jared Hall or um, not Jared Hall my goodness Nick Hall or uh, Sadie Robertson and I can't remember who it was but um, one of them was speaking and as they were speaking the Lord really spoke to my spirit and was like you're going to do this for me one day. And I knew at that moment that the Lord was calling me to share the gospel with others. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know. And I still truly don't know. I'm just trying to seek him one day at a time. Um, But I wanted to pursue him with all that I had. And I ended up becoming a uh, worship leadership major at the university that I attended, the University of Mobile. And I graduated from there. With, but I ended up changing my major after my first semester there and ended up graduating with a major in theology and a minor in music. So I completely changed my major around. And I'm grateful for the time that I was spent there. But I also left there um, a little bit discouraged due to different things that had happened within some church settings, but also within um, just some of my professors who I really, truly admired, but some of them, um, really were pretty much told me, and I'm just going to be very honest, um, told me that unless I was willing to only be a wife, then I had no purpose in studying my major. Um, and not all of my professors were like that. So please hear me. I had so many incredible professors at the University of Mobile. Um, and I, 
honestly, I'm still close with several of them, but I did have one or two or three that um, really did imp impact that because after the things that happened, um, when I tried to pursue vocational ministry and then the things that happened within my major, I was just so depleted. And I'm like, I must have heard God wrong because all these people were telling me that I'd heard God wrong. And so um, my husband and I, I had just gotten married and we decided to step away from church altogether because we were just so hurt and so discouraged. And we, for the next year and a half, we didn't attend church at all. And I was running from God and the Lord was kept trying to beckon me back to himself. And I'm like, no, I'm done. But also I want to put this into account as well. So even as I was trying to pursue the Lord in college, I wasn't perfect and I made mistakes. I was still truly trying to figure out who I was as a person. And unfortunately, like a lot of people who try to figure themselves out the first time they get away from their parents, they do make some poor decisions. And I was definitely in that boat and fell away from the Lord after I left college. Um, and that next year and a half, I really just tried to ignore it and was not in church and really just was tuning God out. And again, I started seeking things of the world to try to fill the void in my heart that I felt. And a year and a half later, I ended up having this very weird freak accident where I almost died. And I have spoken about that incident on the podcast before. I feel like I spoke on it in my first season when I was talking about trials. So I can't remember which episode it is in, but I will feel like it's either in episode two or three. Um, and yeah, that was a very tough season for me to walk through, but the Lord used that very hard and difficult situation to get my attention. And because he was able to get my attention from me almost dying and from for having 46 staples in my abdomen, I realized, I'm like, God, if I am not dead, there must be a reason why you have me here and please forgive me for running. So I started pursuing him again. I, My husband and I sat back into church. We um, started going to counseling to get our marriage under control and because um, we truly wanted to have a biblical marriage and... Um, we were tired of the way our life had been at this point and started seeking that. And I'm so grateful we did that because since then our marriage has been just a whole, like totally different. And I'm so grateful for the husband that God has given me and just his heart. Um, but also I'm grateful for the work that God's done. Because if I had never gone through that, I don't know where if I'd still be sitting here in front of you today where I'm seeking the Lord or if I would have been somewhere completely different. So the Lord changed my life at 22 and got me right back on track with him. And it took a long time to get to the point that I'm at now um, where I'm actually pursuing Christ in everything that I do. And I'm just so grateful for the journey of one, healing all of the pain and the trauma that I'd experienced in my life Two, being able to find the right church community for myself and for my husband who are edifying and uplifting and I also am grateful for the healing that the Lord did from the hurt that I experienced but also just f finally understanding now that I'm in my late 20s that the only voice that matters truly is God and God's never going to steer me wrong and he's never going to let me down um, but I'm also grateful for um, a very redeeming moment that I wasn't sure if I was going to share but I think I'm going to share now um is that in my early 20s, my biological father reached out and I was able to do the one thing that I asked God to do, which was to tell my dad everything that he'd missed out on, but that I forgave him for everything that he missed. 
and I was given that opportunity and that's not always the safest or the best option for everyone um, who is in my situation. But thankfully, it was okay for me to do and the Lord allowed me that and I feel like that truly healed so much um, as far as that goes within my heart. But also since then, the Lord has given me two incredible, beautiful children and the Lord is still calling me to speak for him, which is what I do here um, through my podcast. I love sharing God's word with you guys and diving deep into his word and what it means. So that way we actually truly know what God wants us to know in his word. But also I wanted to give you some encouragement. If your life kind of looks like mine where there's all these valleys, God is still the God even in the valleys. He is there with you in your lowest, deepest, darkest moment, and he doesn't expect you to be perfect to come back to him because I wasn't. I was a mess. I was broken. It took me years to get to this point again in my life. And I'm so grateful that God left the 99 to come and get me, to come and save me and to restore that relationship with him and that he deems me and sees me as worthy of being his daughter. And I, and like I said, I'm not perfect by any means. And life is always going to be full of ups and downs. And there's always going to be thorns in our life that hurt us, that remind us of the pain. But God is bigger and greater than all of that. I love John 15, where Jesus tells us that he is the true vine. And as long as we are attached to him, that we will flourish and we will grow. And I have tried to live the last five years of my life being attached to my true vine, which is Jesus. And truly my life has never been the same since all the moments that he has saved me. But that's pretty much my testimony in and of a nutshell. I still don't know fully what the Lord has in store for my life, but I'm trying to pursue that calling daily. And truly I believe that God gives us little utterances in our life of what we're supposed to do for him, but he's not going to give us the full picture. It's up to us to take that one step of faith, that one step in obedience saying, yes, Lord, I will be faithful in the small things. Yes, Lord, I will be faithful where you're calling me right now. Um, and I don't know what that looks like for you, but for me, that is taking care of my children and my family and volunteering and being a part of the community that I'm currently in. And I'm so grateful for that and all of the doors that the Lord has opened up. But that's my story. Um, I hope that it was encouraging to you today and I really cannot wait for you to hear the rest of the testimonies that are going to be in this season. They are all so precious and God has done so many incredible things in their lives and I cannot wait for you to hear them. But that's enough from me today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see y'all next Monday. Thank you for tuning in for another episode here on the Gracefully Refined Podcast. I hope that this encouraged, uplifted, as well as strengthened you in your walk with Christ. If you didn't know, you can find me on all social media platforms under the name Morgan E. Redfarin. That is M-O-R-G-A-N-E-R-E-D-F-E-R-I-N, where I share even more about the love of Christ and just what he's doing in my life, as well as some mom and lifestyle hacks. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode or you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review as this helps get the message of Christ and this ministry out to a broader audience. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and I'll see you next time.